Welcome to the Simpsons One-Shot Show. This is the series where we take a look at the Bongo Comics line Simpsons One-Shot Wonders, one episode at a time, once a month. I am Matt, and joining me in this special Halloween edition are my co-hosts, Karen. Hello. And Derek. Hello, everyone. And, like I said, this is our Halloween edition. We rearranged two comic release dates in order to talk about this one specifically. And what this episode is, is Kang and Kodos. So this is all about our two favorite aliens from the Treehouse of Horror series, which is another thing that we had covered last year at Halloween. We had done six episodes reviewing our favorite episodes of Treehouse of Horror, segments of Treehouse of Horror. So if you haven't heard that, if you're new to Neozaz and to any of the Simpsons coverage you do, go check those out after this, neozaz.com. Type in Treehouse, or Podcast of Horrors is its official name. Treehouse of Horrors will find it as well because it's in the description. And we, Kang and Kodos make their more than fair share appearances in that series, if I remember correctly. Does that sound right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So, all right. As far as the original release date on this, this was actually released on August 27th of 2014. And this is the first comic I actually bought. And this is how I discovered the One Shot Wonders line altogether. Because I bought this right after we finished doing our Halloween stuff. Um, I saw it. I picked it up and said, this will be perfect for Halloween next year. Found out what it was. Found out it was a One Shot Wonders. So, because of this issue, we're doing this series. Uh, to describe the cover, it says it's Kang and Kodos, and the Kang and Kodos are in these like B movie horror movie letters. They're they're uh, blocky yet kind of uh, roughly hand drawn. The, the different letters from the names jet out under some letters over others. Very horror, uh, like 50s, 60s B movie horror movie feel to it. There's Kang and Kodos on the front. One looking very angry down at Homer, the other looking very uh, elated that he's about to probably eat Homer is how I'm taking this. And in the background, the background is just kind of like this starfield, blue, purple, black starfield. So we got five features in this comic. It is the Big Kang Theory, Spit Happens, Under the Dome, Hillbully Abduction, which is, well, we'll get to the spelling when we get to that one, and then Ask Kang and Kodos. So I will start off with our first story, Alien, or I'm sorry, geez, I already messed up, The Big Kang Theory. So uh, we start off with Kodos is celebrating the anniversary of Kang. This is, it's the day that he was genetically copied from the DNA of the previous Kang. And he has a big dinner set up for him, and he comes out with one of those trays with a big metal dome on it, and he pulls off that, that hood or dome, and that's carrying the feast and underneath it is Bart Nelson and Millhouse. They are earthlings. Kang's favorite. That's his anniversary meal. Uh, Kodos does mention that they're earth children. So they have only half the calories of regular earthlings from there. Kang and Kodos get into an argument about weight, uh, about Kang Kodos accusing Kang of being too fat, passive aggressively, I guess. And anyone that's been in a relationship has had this had this conversation. <laughs> Karen laughs. <laughs> has this just happened before the recording? No. Oh, okay. No. Just checking. <laughs> and then um, Bart actually takes this moment to kind of interrupt to save him and 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 uh, save all of them and says, "If you want to lose weight, I can help." 
He explains that the three of them were abducted during gym class and exercising. So he's got a fresh memory of exercising. Kang agrees, but he'll start tomorrow just after this one little snack. And that little snack was Millhouse. Bart actually stops him by, by yelling, no, he's a nerd. He'll go straight to your thighs. So Kang relents and they begin the exercise. Uh, Kodos, this is another one with it. If you're a couple that both, uh, are, I wouldn't say, I don't know, need to work out together, but well, when, when one couple, one person of a couple wants to work out, uh, Kodos starts to head to the holodeck, but Kang insists that they should do it together to which Kodos space size. And as the editor notes, it's same as a side, but in space, basically every gym I've joined, I've joined because I've been insisted to join with my wife. She doesn't listen to the show, so I can say all that. <laughs> so that particular panel resonated with me. All right. So um, next panel, Kang and Kodos. This is great. I love this imagery. Kang and Kodos have headbands, but over their glass dome, not on their heads. So it's on the outside of the glass. Uh-huh. Two of their tentacles have leg warmers, while the other two have sweat band, wristbands. I love it. Mm-hmm. I, that it's is a great touch. It's a great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a great touch. Exactly. Exactly. You could have done all on all four. It would have been funny, but splitting in between the two makes it even better. Yeah. Uh, this point, what is, where is it? I said, Bart makes an alien reference. Oh, okay. He says, okay, let's get started. Remember in space, no one can hear you sweat. So he makes an aliens reference and Kang and Kodos don't get it because they've only seen up to season one of I love Lucy out in deep space. At that point, Milhouse says he loves the episode with a chocolate factory, and I believe it's Kodos uh, fires at him, shouting, spoilers bring death, which <laughs> you got to love that. Next panel, Bart uh, has Kang and Kodos doing sit-ups, which I'm going to mention, I usually don't go through the art until the end, but when I read that he was read the word sit-ups and saw the picture for Kang and Kodos, who don't necessarily have a waist, this is actually drawn really well to express they're doing yeah. sit-ups. I was kind of impressed by that drawing. Yeah, it is really good. Considering, yeah, they have no waist, they have no abdominal section. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it gives a, it gives a feeling of them, be, crunching in half. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then the agony on their face, which everyone gets after their fourth yep. sit up. Yep. <laughs> so they sweat all over Millhouse, and they but they forgot to mention that the perspiration is highly acidic. And then we get a shot of a very dejected-looking Millhouse skeleton. Even as a skeleton, he's still got that dejected <laughs> look on him. Without, I was going to say his face, but he doesn't have a face. So just the just the yeah. slouching is what carries that off. Yeah. Shortly after, Millhouse is completely well. He's is he? Yes, he is healed. This is the ship's medical lab. Mm-hmm. They didn't clone him, so he's healed. And um, he mentions this to Nelson, and Nelson says to uh, uh, remind that uh, remind him of that. In the te- or he's going to test it out with an atomic wedgie later is what it comes down to. Uh, so now Bart has them on a treadmill, and at first they hate it until Bart pushes Millhouse in front of the treadmill and says to tells them to pretend they're tasty, they're chasing a tasty kid. From that they enjoy it, and they start to wonder why they don't do this on their own world. And the answer is because their tentacles get stuck together, and right at that moment their tentacles get stuck together, and they fly off the treadmill and land right on Nelson. Uh, in the next panel, Nelson's healed, but apparently his head's been made huge. I don't know why his head's so big in this panel. 
<laughs> and then from there, we go to the next phase of working out, and that is weightlifting. So Kang and Kodos find the weightlifting a little too easily, so they ask Milhouse to turn up the gravity. On his way to the gravity dial, he trips, and he ends up just spinning it, presumably all the way up that they could possibly go. <laughs> and Kodos, Kang, Kodos, and Bart are flattened, but for some reason not Milhouse. I didn't quite yeah, get the physics yeah. of that. Yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the angry Bart look because he the, like that reminds yeah. me. This is an old old reference. The 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 portraits and it may even be a Tracy Ullman one. Like the portrait when they're trying to get his his portrait taken for the family, it looks like one of the faces he makes when they snap the picture. Yeah, yeah. Okay, next page. Kang and Kodos give up and they use Bart Nelson and Millhouse as sprinkles to their Blorg and Jerry's Milky Way ice cream or swirl Milky Way swirl ice cream. Uh, Bart asks for ideas how to get out of this. Nelson's idea is to eat the ice cream before Kang does, which is a solid idea. That yeah. could work. Milhouse's idea is to try jazzercise that he does the, the jazzercise he does with his mother, and he begins to play the music that he and his mother jazzercise to. I thought Kang was crying, but apparently he's screaming in pain because in the next panel, with a giant splorch, he explodes completely inside that helmet of his. He's just, the jazzercise has just liquefied him, which is fair. A fair commentary on jazzercise music. <laughs> Kodos declares that he, sur he immediately surrenders to the horrible sound. Kodos explains that jazz music is deadly to every other life form in the universe. This gives Bart an idea. And this, this, this story all of a sudden takes this dramatic turn, which is fine, but it's like, I'll get to that when I get to the, the, the summary. So next panel from there, we see the flying saucer crashed into the Flanders house. Uh, Bart's yelling for Lisa to get her saxophone. The piece de resistance of this panel is Homer on top of the Simpsons house, passed out, surrounded by empty beer cans and a cooler. Mm -hmm. I love that yeah. touch. Lisa asks, what do they need a saxophone for? He says they're going to take over the universe with jazz. Does she want to come with? Which she does, which doesn't seem like a Lisa thing to do, but I guess maybe. And well, in a comic, sure, why not? Um, and when they get back on board, Kang has been recloned once again. And before they leave, he's got one small request and. Uh, before they start taking over the universe. Next panel is them placing an order outside the Krusty Burger drive-up window, and the order is 87 Krusty Burgers, 13 milkshakes, and a teenage employee, to which the pimply-faced teenager replies, Yes, sir, would you like fries with me? <laughs> and then the last button to the story, the sub-panel, is a little circle panel, and there's... Bart and Kodos with their arms up in the air, just kind of looking up, going, "That's our king." You can almost hear ba da ba ba da bum, like they have in the uh, that one uh, Treehouse of Horrors episode that had the same theme song that closed out every every segment. So, all right, that is Big Kang Theory and story. Of, I wasn't sure. Being the first comic in this line, I bought. I didn't know what to expect. And I read this before we started doing this series, and I did not expect this. This took some getting used to. Now it's like it makes sense with all the other coverage we've done. I kind of wish I hadn't started with this because it this isn't it wasn't at all what I was expecting. So my first run through this, I was like, "What the hell? What am I reading?" 
now reading it, getting used to the format, getting used to this particular comic line, I liked it better. Um, the drawing of them working out is, is my favorite part. Yeah. The the leg warmers, the sweatbands, the them the working out they do is good. Story's kind of clever. It doesn't really go. You know, the working out part is completely inconsequential because in the end, they're taking over the world of jazz. So you know, if you really want to split hairs, that's kind of you kind of in a sense. If you really want to think about it, wasted your time in there. But I wasted it in a fun way. I liked how every bit of exercise that they did had some kind of traumatic consequence. The sit-ups fried Millhouse. The the treadmill they got all tangled up. Uh, the weights Millhouse messing all that up. I liked it well enough. Um, it's a Kangen Koda story. Would I want to see this in Treehouse of Horrors? Uh, no, no, I would not. But I enjoyed it well enough in the comic. So. Um, it's okay. It's it's. I feel like I'm using a Chris defense. It's Kang and Kodos, man. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? Um, I I enjoyed this story. Um, you know, I mean, it's the first time in in like what three episodes that we actually see any of the Simpsons in these. Oh yeah, comic right. books. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's kind of nice to get back to the original gang, but um. Yeah, I could definitely see Bart outsmarting the the aliens pretty quickly. Um, I really love the skeleton Millhouse. Yeah, because even as a skeleton, you could totally tell it's Millhouse, and it just makes me laugh. And the whole thing with the jazz killing the universe. This is the second comic book we've read where jazz has caused mass destruction, but it reminded me of um, Mars Attacks. Oh right! Oh, oh you're right. Playing- yes. When they start playing the old country music and yep. it blows up the aliens' heads. Yep. Didn't even yep. make the connection, but you're absolutely right. Yep. And I think, you know, going back to Homer asleep on the roof, drinking his beers, I, I think one of my favorite panels is it's um, you see Homer sleeping on his roof, kind of sort of waking up, and Ned's hitting, hitting the spaceship with his broom, trying okay. to get it off of his roof like it's a Frisbee. Oh, God. You know what is funny? Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah. (laughs) I said I did see the Homer one. I didn't see the the Ned one. That's funny. Yeah, Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I like this, man. That's right. Can you go this? Yeah. I like the story was okay, but I like all the little touches in the background with the leg warmers and the, the sweatbands. Uh, and the wristbands and the, the melted millhouse looking just as millhouse as anyone could get, even as a skeleton. <laughs> um, I love that. That's the best description as millhouse as anyone can get. Yep. <laughs> um, I liked it for, for all those little background touches, uh, Homer on the, the roof, especially when he's just waking up. You can, even in that little tiny drawing of him you could tell he has no idea what's going on (laughs) that he doesn't know that there's a giant spaceship right next to him um i enjoyed it it's fun like you said it's not the best kang and koda story but all the little touches kind of bring it up a nice level yeah 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 i think that's a good way to say it we just said there 
So that moves us into Spit Happens. And I've been waiting our entire recording day to get to this because this yeah, yeah. has been assigned to Karen. We we didn't take yeah. volunteers on this. And there's a, <laughs> a really specific reason why. And I'm not going to blow the lead on that and just let Karen take Spit Happens. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Kang and Kodos and Spit Happens. So we open up with Kang and Kodos complaining about how much their drool is taking over everything. Um, it's just making unpleasant living conditions and they want to find a way to get rid of it. So they figure perhaps there's a rare earthling that has enough brain power that can help them with that. And they find that professor Frank is the ideal candidate. Yay, Professor Frank. Not only is it Professor Frank, but it is a very off model Professor this is what, Frank. That was yeah. like the bonus. It's like, not only <laughs> yeah. is this a Professor like, Frank, but this is like a, this has got, I, I, I'm fine with it. It's, uh, I've really gotten used to, you see the first panel, I'm used to the animation style, or the, I should say the, the, um, uh, the art style. But I, I looked at this with you in mind saying, oh, this is just Karen's nightmare right here. This entire. Oh. Panel. All it's missing is a f- is a fat Santa's little fat helper. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Because yep. yeah. Kang and Kodos are somewhat close, close enough that it's not obvious until you get to the Professor Frank, and that's like, oh God, what did they do to him? <laughs> Anyways, so you have Professor Frank just walking along. He's got his brand new invention that's going to benefit uh, people everywhere, but he gets beamed up. And drops his invention with a crash. He gets beamed up with a bizorp. I love that. <laughs> and Nelson, in true Nelson fashion, comes out with a ha-ha, but only pointing at the crushed invention. Well, now, what do you think uh, of the off-model Nelson? Oh, I can't stand that either. Because <laughs> he's one of your favorites, isn't he? He is. Yeah. And it looks like his eyeballs are in his nose, or his nose is in his eye. It's... Is trying not to look at it. <laughs> had to bring it up. I did. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we have Frank on the spaceship with Kang and Kodos, and they tell them that you need to come up with a device to take care of our drool, and in exchange, they will not horrifically devour them. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Yeah. And Frank takes on the challenge. He thinks it's should be fairly simple doesn't need to be too complex and soon he comes up with the drool averter which converts their drool into breathable air with a pleasant citrus aroma (laughs) yeah that's my bad frank sorry (laughs) you love how he talks i that's one of the things you love about him isn't it Oh yes. Hey, you gotta be awesome. nice. He was Jerry Lewis passed away a couple of days ago. As a recording, know. and this is what he was based after. I know. You gonna say anything bad about Jerry Lewis? No, I love Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> How can you love Jerry Lewis and hate <laughs> Professor Frank? Because he wasn't always that character. Uh, oh, well, okay, I'll give you that. He yeah. played other characters. That's true. You're right. Actor. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a yeah. I didn't think that went through. Uh huh. So, it's either Kang or Kodos. Can't tell which one it is in this. But he points out that this machine looks like it will take up their entire energy budget. To which fact, Frank says, of course, it'll take 
half of your energy just to turn it on. <laughs> and they say, that's unacceptable. Can't use this. They need to come up with something that is perfect and timeless and has zero operating costs. Which sounds like some managers I've talked to. <laughs> yeah. So Frank goes back to the drawing board. Um, points out that they have some great demands, but they are still more reasonable than Mr. Burns. <laughs> Several hours later, he comes out with the spit tank, which will collect every molecule of saliva stored away. Kay and Curtis are not happy with this because it is hideous. It clashes with their design scheme. They don't care that it has no o overhead, no operating costs, anything. It's just a ghastly eyesore. It's unacceptable. They don't want to use it. Frank suggests that maybe they should just use a mop. They are angered by this, by him even suggesting such a rudimentary tool uh, that his intelligence level is, is just, they can't believe he would come up with this. And he's trying to argue that it's the easiest, simplest solution. They don't want to hear it. They're insulted. And they beam him back to Springfield as his punishment. As opposed to eating him. <laughs> yeah. So then we see, see them going through the calculations <laughs> and realizing that the mop is actually the best option for their budget. So they find a human that has the most experience with using the device. And at that point, they beam up groundskeeper Willie. <laughs> and what do you think of I, the off-model groundskeeper Willie? It's... Uh, <laughs> It's not great, but it's not as bad as the other two. This is the best one, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 This one I can handle a little better than the other ones. Um, uh, this story, it was okay. Um, it, uh, I don't know. It's Frank. <laughs> but it wasn't. <laughs> but um, I did like that. The, the, it's, it's Kang and Kodos, and it is exactly how you think they would be. They, nothing would be good enough um, and they would be insulted by any other suggestion only to figure out for themselves that that suggestion is the best suggestion. I like the first story better. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I like this story too. I mean, it, it was silly. It was a quick one. Um, I, the animation in the story reminds me of a lot of like, mtv's liquid television yeah um, like yep. if you look at willie he's like two steps away from being beavis <laughs> like, like just the eyes alone but okay. yeah it's funny because when when uh matt told karen to do this story or suggested very vigorously to do this story i've had the professor frank song stuck in my head the entire time <laughs> um yeah, I mean, it was all right. I, I liked weird looking Nelson. I like weird looking uh, groundskeeper Willie. But, you know, it was just kind of a, a silly little thing. Yeah, I, li I liked it, too. It was, uh, wasn't too much to it. It was it was fun. I actually don't mind. They are off model. I'm not going to say they look great. Yeah. But I, I like this, this animation for being off model. They went all off model. They didn't just tweak it a little bit. So I liked it. The animation or the uh, not drawing, I don't know what you would even call it. The uh, illustration, that sort. I like the illustrations um, more than some of the other off model stuff. So, and the story was okay. You know, like the, I don't have anything to add. You guys 
didn't already say so yeah enjoyable as well i did like i will agree with karen like the first one better but this one was Mm -hmm. was fun as well all right so that leads into another feature it's a double pager it's i guess like a teen magazine type thing or maybe oh it says teen yeah teen cosmos there we go i was thinking yeah (laughs) says under the dome and it's like a little behind the scene or a little fact sheet about kang and kodos and uh starts off with says time and space may be relative but the but one thing is certain when we think about these drooling aliens it's hard not to start drooling ourselves so whether you're team kang or team kodos we've got the inside info on your fave invaders and the first profile is on kang says his full name cannot be pronounced by human vocal cords his hometown is south central rigelopolis favorite food definitely not your readership and dislikes magic <laughs> eye puzzles. If it only said where's Waldo puzzles, I'd be <laughs> yeah, on board right. for this. Although he would have trouble with those magic eye puzzles. <laughs> yeah. That's to make sense. Yes, of course. Actually, that's a better joke. Uh, Kang fact. Kang has never, ever flossed his teeth. Now that's commitment. That's what it says. That was not me. And then the little fast uh, final little fact sheet on Kang says, did you know in his native tongue, name the name Kang means deranged native of the Northern Hemisphere. Adorable, with the editor's note. Uh, Kang was once part of an R&B group named New Squids. Of, oh, God. New Squids on the Block. I, yeah. Didn't register when I saw it. Their album, UFO, No You Didn't, went number one in the Andromeda system. <laughs> so cool. Uh, a vial was drool once sold on ebay for four thousand five hundred dollars how awesome is that and then we got a little photo spread at the bottom kang i I guess the first one's kang he's shopping outside tiffany's uh next one is uh it's kang and kodos together at a a red carpet event somewhere apparently space oh no that's that must be camera flashes behind him duh okay and then this is cool i'm guessing this is kodos because on the kodos side but a photo of uh not a selfie but a photo op of kodos with terry and sherry which is kind of funny yeah because of the, the twins of the show i didn't i never thought of kang and kodos as necessarily twins but hell they do look the same and right. putting sherry and terry in there is fun so then we get to the kodos side and say they uh, they've never well, first there's a blurb about the, both of them it says they may have they they may not have ever taken over earth yet but they sure have conquered our hearts uh, the Kodos fact sheet. Here we go. Date of birth, the 19th day of the seventh rotation during the year of Emperor Slargonoth the fourth. Okay. I think I got through that. I think that's all right. Very good. <laughs> Childhood nickname, not Kang. Okay. Uh, favorite hobby, buying power converters. Oh, wow. That's funny. Star Wars <laughs> reference. Favorite TV show, single female lawyer, <laughs> Futurama reference. That's <laughs> a, that is a good reference. That's great. <laughs> uh, then there's a little star blurb. Kodos is naturally green, while Kang has to use <laughs> dye to achieve the shade. Don't worry, Kang. Your secret is safe with us. Another blurb. Sibling teamwork. Kodos and Kang won the nine-legged race at summer camp for six straight years. Can you just picture that? Totes adorable. Then the last fact sheet blurb on Kodos. Did you know Kodos studied juggling at the Rigel School for the Performing Arts and holds a school record for juggling 17 skulls at once? So red. During her 20s, that's right, my sister Kodos. During her 20s, Kodos legally changed her name to Xanados Zethlium. 
Zalthium. Zalthium. Xanadose Zalthium, which translates to adorable. Just in time for summer, Kodos autobiography, the Da Vinci Kodos, is now available. <laughs> <laughs> and has well over 500,000 followers on social media. Not one has, wait, not one was coerced through deaths of disintegration. So that is the, uh, under the dome feature, but in the middle of this is something that I have struggled with not using yet this year. Yeah, me too. And it is Ugh. a set of bumper stickers. One, the, well, first, the, the the reference directly from The Simpsons, don't blame me, I voted for Kodos. And the other is, don't mm-hmm. blame me, I voted for Kang. Uh, I, 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 I can't believe I haven't peeled one of these off yet and put it on my car. Uh, and there, there's a little blurb on the, the opposite side, the holder side of it. It has them holding American flag. It says, are you tired of the way your human government is treating you? Are you in dismay? Are you dismayed at the lack of choices your pathetic political parties offer when it comes to iron-fisted alien overlords? Let your fellow Earthlings know by your disdain. I'm sorry. Let your fellow Earthlings know of your disdain by affixing these stickers to your terrestrial vehicle of choice. If you yearn for the tender caress of a tentacled taskmaster, proudly spread the word that the Rigelian way is the way for you. And then little star thing and then a little asterisk that says specifically the rigel seventh way rigel five and rigel six are <laughs> lackadaisical pleasure planets that know nothing of endless stellar domination we hate them so much <laughs> yeah i i predict a bump one of these bumper stickers is going to make it to my car by the end of the year all right that leads to a net finally a story again hillbilly abduction spelled a b d u c t S-H-U-N. And honestly, I'm such a bad speller, it took two looks to realize it was spelled wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I'm laughing at her laughing. I know. I know. <laughs> and that was that was rightfully uh, deserved on my part. So who's taking... Oh, I guess it would have to be Derek, because Karen be did the uh, her favorite character one. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so Hillbilly Abduction... Uh, spelled that way because of the star of this uh, story would be uh, Cletus, our friend, the slack-jawed yokel. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, Kang and Kodos are up above the planet and saying that uh, they need to meet their abduction quota, and if they abduct Cletus and his 63 members of his immediate family, that they will have hit that quota and if they hit their quota, they will not be disintegrated by the overlords. Um, so they decide that they're going to abduct Cletus, uh, and one of them is a little unsure that it's going to work, uh, getting that many, uh, humans at once. And the other, uh, replies with, uh, research indicates that these slack jawed specimens are ignorant, lazy, and filled to the brim with a substance known as bathtub gin. (laughs) Uh, we can handle them with our tentacles tied behind their back, which is going to bite them in the ass later. Uh-huh. Uh, Cletus is seen being zapped up into the spaceship going, I'm flying. Look, mom, flying. <laughs> um, Cletus gets up into the spaceship, uh, which he calls a spacey ship. <laughs> and uh, Kang and Kodos approach him saying uh, that we're going to capture your family. We're going to make you prisoners on Rigel 7. Uh, we will then probe you. Stu- uh, you will be studied, eaten, and then broken down for parts. 
And uh, Kodos is like, wait a minute, is he even paying attention? Meanwhile, uh, Cletus is playing with all the uh, the levers and the and the buttons. He ends up crashing the spaceship with a giant boom right into his barn, scaring the living hell out of a chicken and a cow. Um, Kang and Kodos come flying out of the spaceship, screaming that their plan is ruined. Uh, they need to collect the Earthlings and, and get back to Rigel 7 as quickly as possible. When all of a sudden, all of Cletus's kin start coming out of the woodwork and start um, circling Kang and Kodos. I love that picture. It's almost like a, a, a herd of walkers surrounding yeah. people in The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so Kang and Kodos decide to scream something in uh, Rigelian or however we pronounce their language, to which uh, Cletus's kids just look at them slack-jawed and begin to suckle on all of the tentacles <laughs> uh, as if they were food sources. Uh, which I'm sure Brady, Braylene could use a break, so that's good for her. Or Brandine, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Um, so Kang and Kodos are fighting back, uh, wondering uh, why why the kids aren't afraid of them and trying to get them off of them and complaining about the drool, which after our last story seems a little uh, <laughs> yeah, unnecessary. Right. Yeah. Um, Bradine wakes up Cletus, who was knocked out from the thing, saying, hey, those two green things are trying to stop our kids from eating, and we're not going to give up a free meal. So Cletus runs after them and tells his kids uh, to get a mouthful of them tasty-looking gators whilst you can. <laughs> and he names all of his kids, and I'm going to try this. Uh, oh, I apologize boy, in advance. Um Tiffany, Heather, Second Heather, Cody, Dylan, Dermot, Jordan, Taylor, Brittany, Wesley, uh, Rumor, Scout, Cassidy, Zoe, Chloe, Max, Hunter, Rubella, Scabies, Kendall, Noah, Sasha, Morgan, Kyra, Ian, uh, Lauren, Cubert, Phil, Birthday, Crystal Meth, W, Gummy Sue, Normal Headed Joe, International Harvester, Jitney Whitney, Mary Stabbed in Jail, uh, Naval String, Melvis Mary, Not Quite Right Mary, Zeke, Embry, Joe, Caitlin, and Little Caitlin. Well done. Uh, those, yeah. yeah uh, some of those names were uh, from the TV show, too. You know, like some, some yeah. of those, you know, he's he's mentioned before. Uh, so all the kids are coming out of the woodwork again, uh, trying to eat Kang and Kodos. You see one of them with what appears to be a uh, lobster claw cracker up at the top. So that can't be good for them. <laughs> uh, Brandine's trying to get in with a fork, but can't crack through their glass. Uh, and Cletus gets the idea that in order to get in there... Uh, He's seen all the moving picture shows where the aliens catch a cold, so maybe the kids should start sneezing all over them. So then you see the kids sneezing all over Kang and Kodos, which is just gross. Um, and Cletus decides that the easiest way to get in is a big old two-by-four with a spike at the end. So he's about to hit Kodos in the head with it when Kang shoots one of the uh, hay bales with his laser gun, and they start a fire. They think that the that everybody's going to run off scared, but Brandine decides to run over to the roadkill pile 
and start having a cookout. So all the kids have sticks with roadkill on them and they all start, um, you know, cooking, cooking on the fire. Uh, Brady uh, Brandy, the Kangakotas decide that they're going to escape while, while nobody's paying attention. Brandine runs over and invites them to have something to eat. And they said, no, thank you. Uh, we are too stressed to consume, which seems strange for them. Uh, they go back to where their spaceship was and it's gone. So they go, okay, well, I'm a little tired of this world conquering thing. Why don't we take a break? And then you see Kang and Kodo sitting on a bench, dressed like hillbillies with straw hats and overalls, drinking some sweet tea and starting fires for the kids with their laser guns. Um, they begin to ponder whatever happened to their spaceship. And you see a little box that says 93 million miles away. <laughs> and Cletus is standing there with his hands on the controller saying, reroute shield energy to the main thrusters for full power, Maul. Uh, I'm joyriding this hubcap into the sun. <laughs> Yeehaw. And that is the end. Uh, overall, I, I really enjoyed this story. I think it was probably the best of the three in this book. Um, I always like Cletus. I always like the fact that in these books we see that, you know, Cletus, who is the slack-jawed yokel, seems to be the one that solves all the problems in the end. Uh, he did the same with uh, with when they were overrun with critters and, and he started selling them the Krusty Burger in one of the earlier issues. <laughs> um. I thought the animation was cool. I liked how the kids started attacking Kang and Kodos. Uh, the only thing that I didn't really like is in the first page, they have the the people that have been abducted and none of them are familiar looking Simpsons characters. I mm. thought that was a missed opportunity. Yeah, true. But overall, I really enjoyed this. I thought it was really funny. Yeah, I like this. My biggest uh, thing I noticed that kind of stuck with me is that it's more a i would consider it more a cletus story because he's got most of the punchlines and his family mm -hmm. yeah but still good and the, the names thing is great that's like what was that that was the pretzel one wasn't it marge had the pretzel thing with the uh yeah and they all had the coupons yeah yeah, yeah. straight out of that and i think scabies is from an episode i recently saw on ffx because i remember them asking someone what it was like like uh what was it um cletus showed showed him their arm or something and they said scabies and then brandine looked at the baby and said congratulations now you got a name yeah <laughs> i don't know what the whole episode was about but i remember that scene uh um, yeah, like gummy sue was in an episode yeah. yeah i like the uh what was it uh heather second heather and caitlin and yeah. little caitlin um, but no, I liked Barry, it. I like Barry and not quite right, Mary. <laughs> yeah. What I, what I like most about this, and we haven't said much about it in general in this this thing. Um, uh, or well, I guess we actually take it take it back. We have, but not in a positive way. Um, what I liked about this on a positive way was the art. This is my favorite art of all these. I love the color. I love. I like that it's at night and there's the fire element. Um, this is visually my favorite one of the three. So it's uh yeah I think it's um better than the second and close to the first but my first is still is still my favorite so I, I like this one too. Yeah, I, I really like this one. Um, I think I like this one better than the first one. Oh okay. Myself, yeah. I always love anything that has to do with Cletus. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So, 
especially when he's got to rattle off the names of his kids. That's always fun. Because there was, I, on FXX, there was just an episode that I saw that worked in birthday and crystal meth. Oh, really? <laughs> <Nice>. Yeah. <laughs> so when I started reading through them, I was like, oh, I don't know if these really are their names. And then I got down to, I think, Scabies first. I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, they did use the real names. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. I like, like Matt said, I like the artwork with it being at night and uh, those fire panels are really really cool actually they were done really quite well and i like that they were able to pull kang and kodos over to their slack jawed yokel side <laughs> that made it fun i did like the overalls and straw hats they were wearing or hat well, one had a straw yeah. hat one had a different hat yes but overalls yeah yeah okay well that leads into the final uh feature it's Ask King and Kodos, and it's one of those, uh, well, it's Ask King, King and Kodos, and the top starts off with uh, Kang saying, I'm assuming Kang, I'm going alphabetically, or uh, by the, the title. Kang says, the more you know, and Kodos says, the more you will tremble. And it shows them opening a letter and reading it. Kodos has his reading glass on. I guess that's what you call it when it's just one lens. <laughs> glass. Yeah. yeah. And he, the letter says, Timmy Goldman writes, Dear Kang and Kodos, do you have any other siblings at home on Rigel 7? My brother and sister really annoy me. How can I get the, get along with them? And their advice, I guess I don't. there's real no summary. So I'll just, I'll, uh, Kang starts with Timmy Goldman. Rigelian family units are not unlike Terra-based species. Are progenitors our progenitors breed and nurture their offspring until they grow to maturity and leave home to enslave inferior alien races and then there's we go into a flashback this is i remember as mere hatchlings we spent many hours playing incubator games with our youngest siblings klondar that's a good one i like that name and it's a k yeah. it's a k too so now we have the mother alien who has pearls and orange wavy hair, very uh, leave it to beaver. Yeah, color. June yeah. yeah, yeah, June Cleaver. Yeah, exactly. Meets Lucy with the red hair, maybe, and she's holding a a little girl, uh, I think, because it has a pink bow, and says, "My dear, you, uh, my dear little spawn, you'll one day rule the universe." And presumably there's Kang and Kodo sitting in the crib with their tentacles crossed and sneering. And one has a little beanie cap, which is fucking adorable. That is just cute. Um, <laughs> next panel, they turn and apparently Kang or well, the one, the one with the beanie, I guess both of them, they're both holding their bellies. They had eaten that adorable little girl, uh, that particular girl, because or Klondar, Klondar, she does have a name. A Klondor because they burped up the little pink bow. They're both holding their bellies. And then now we're back to present time. And Kang says, you see, Rigelians do not concern themselves with foolish psychological conundrums such as the middle child syndrome. We learn from birth to resolve conflicts in an effective and ravenous manner. And Kodos adds, we would be pleased to visit your domicile and remedy your siblings discord. You may choose a sacrificial offspring or perhaps leave that succulent decision to us. So that's, that is the one page, very wordy page, but, but yeah, I like the punchline. I like the, the offer of them coming to eat the siblings. Uh, that leads to the editor's note page and the stamp is the big thing worth mentioning because it's alien Maggie with the tentacles and the single tooth. And it's a perfect tie in to this, to this issue. 
So, all right, overall reviews. I've been starting them. Does someone want to want to start this one off this time? Sure. Okay. Um, overall, I enjoyed it. Um, I I really liked the Cletus story, and I I enjoyed the uh, exercise story as well. Um, I liked the unique look of the uh, Frank story. It was just. You know, I mean, it wasn't a great story, but it was definitely an interesting look. Um, I would say overall, I would give this one a four for a review. I really enjoyed it, and I want to put those stickers on my car. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Karen, why don't you go? Okay. Um, I enjoyed it, um, despite the second story, and it's off-model and frank. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, the, the the other two stories were, I think, made up for what the, the second story didn't have um, with content and the graphics uh, and drawings were really nice um, and a lot of fun. So I would give this, I would say I would give this a three and a half because to me it wasn't quite as much fun as the McBain, but it was still still fun. Okay. And I don't have the stickers. So. Oh yeah, that's the stickers actually <laughs> add a lot to it. The um, it's funny actually that my takeaway from each story all has to do with the visuals. I think the the first one has the funniest visual gags, the sit ups, the treadmill, and then the the flattening of the weights, and then the ice cream bit. Um, even well, even even up to the explosion, and that, and then Homer. Wow, actually, it, I just keep going. I'm paging through it. Homer on top of the on top of the um, house passed out. I that the gags are funny the second one as far as off model goes i don't know why i like this but i i like it i wouldn't want to read every comic like this but this i like um and then the third one is is just the most visually appealing of them all and it's probably the most on model but the like i said the the action the fire and everything being at night that that really works for me uh, all in all, I really actually enjoyed most of this. It took some getting used to because I thought it was going to be a, like not having no idea what these comics were going to be like. I thought it was going to be Kang and Kodos on their home planet. I didn't at first expect any other characters. And of course we've learned since then, um, for the most part, they do include other characters. Uh, not always, but, um, once I got used to it, I enjoyed it. The bumper stickers are, that's yeah so i am going to go with derek and say a four as well not a five perfect but one i i liked and i will close my statement with kang and kodos man (laughs) all right well that wraps up this episode and we'll be back next month that's thanksgiving month and nothing says thanksgiving like jimbo jones which is the next issue right We're going to have some sloppy Jimbos. There you go. That'd be perfect. So so until then, uh, check out, if you're new to the show, check out the other episodes. They're all on newsaz.com, along with all the other work we do. We do a lot of cop culture slash nostalgia stuff. Um, If if you like The Simpsons, you probably like a lot of stuff we cover as well. So check that out, newsaz.com. Check out our social media pages, Newsaz Podcast, on Facebook and Newsaz on Twitter and Instagram. And lastly, let me thank Derek and Karen for joining me once again. Of course. Of course. And thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>